I've been dating this girl. <laughs> Turns out I really don't like her all that much, but man, does she suck my cock good. What should I do? <laughs> You're turning it around. What do you respond, Dr. Luke? Yeah, let her suck your cock. <laughs> The best player in the world, in quotes, is now two and four in the finals. <laughs> two of his losses came on a super team. Basically. Yeah. I said, I'm holding out for a true champion to get this title. I sing I was about uh, nine or ten for our flag football team. <laughs> flag. Flag football team. You're so, soft. Yeah. So, well, even though it was flag football, the kids still pummeled into each other, which was always the Don't best. Don't try to make yeah. it tougher than it is. I there we go, buddy. I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm helping. I got a moon rock in my uh, nose. I was doing for the for line from Godfather 2. I'm smart. How's it go? Oh, uh, <laughs> everybody thinks I'm dumb, but I'm smart, Mike. <laughs> I'm smart, Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You're Gonna Get a Disease with Luke and Nick. Hey, buddy. Hey, gang. Yeah. Happy, happy Father's Day. Thank you. I procreated. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I was just part of the plan. I didn't do any of the hard labor, which was awesome. So ah, Women get too much credit for that shit. <laughs> it's one day. Um, that is the best thing ever. For over a year now, we've been hearing that uh, text message notification. Yeah, yeah. All right. We got a lot to get through. But again, uh, happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Uh, any recollections about your old man today, Luke? Um, no, lots of them. Uh, I don't know if it gets on your mind when Father's Day oh, comes sure. around. I mean, obviously, my dad's still around and everything. And uh, yeah, but you dealt with your mom. Yeah, I dealt know, with my mom. And um, you know, every time a, a parent's day comes around, I actually you know had a lot of thoughts about her today. And you know, yeah, getting older and shit like that. You so. know, it, it seems like my dad always hits me more than my mom, just because he was, you know, not old when he passed and. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was so didn't take care of herself, so you you kind of mentally prepare yourself for it. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, I don't know. I. Uh, uh, I didn't mean to get all heavy at the beginning. No, 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 no. I'm getting inundated with text messages too. You're just listen. a popular son of a bitch. I am. I am. Uh. You know, I think about my dad a lot. I think. Um, you know, my wife. Uh, kind of cool when they she had a, like a questionnaire for one of her derby teams, and one of the things is if you could meet someone. Okay, and she picked my dad. Oh, that's she never, cute. Because I talk about him so, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, well, he wasn't flawless, but certainly was a uh, uh, a good example and a good family man. And can so, you, can you think of a uh, Father's Day in the past uh, of a present you got him or something like that that you can recall? Besides the old fashioned, get him a tie or you know. No, it was usually a bunch of bullshit that I didn't mean because you never really think about that at stuff the time. When you're, yeah, 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 you know. Um, I, it's one of those things I always wish I had done more for my dad. Mm-hmm. I wish I had uh, appreciated him more when he was here. Um, you know, I appreciated him, but you don't, you don't really stop and 
think about it until you get a day like this and you kind of think back and you go, oh, you know, he always did this and he always yeah. did that and he always gave up this for me and he always gave up that for me. And I think the thing I appreciate or recognize most was how much time my dad gave up for his children. For sure. Coaching and going to events and going, he, you know, he didn't miss anything. And then his grandchildren didn't miss any. And this is a guy, he would always show up in a suit. He would coach football. He'd show up in a suit because he comes straight from work. Love that, actually. So um, they should do that today. And I remember listening to one of the younger coaches heard overheard him criticizing my dad for always being late for practice. And at the time I went, you know, you know, I kind of just kept my mouth because I was like nine years old. Oh, yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. back and I'm like, you know, you were a fuck stick and didn't have a, re, you know, you're bussing, <laughs> bussing tables or whatever and didn't, you know, and my dad's working up at 430 every day and working till, you know, I wouldn't want to go to a fucking football field no. or baseball field, you know, or go watch my son wrestle at, you know, I've been up at 430 and he's got a bout at seven and I know I'm not going to get home till 10 and then I got to get up the next morning and start over again. Yeah, very similar. My dad uh, coached us. Uh, all through Pee Wee Leagues and Little League and flag football and stuff like that. Uh, but something popped into my head when you brought up the the coaching aspect of it. I was about uh, 9 or 10 for our flag football team. <laughs> flag. Flag football team. You're so, soft. Yeah. So, well, even though it was flag football, the kids still pummeled into each other, which was always the Don't best. try to make yeah. it tougher than it is. Oh, Nick. it wasn't. It wasn't. But, you know. What color was your tutu? It was a uh, yellow. Boy. I was a Steeler. Steelers. You were a sloppy bottom. <laughs> <laughs> You're now referred to as generous, Luke, okay? Um. Wow. <laughs> the liberal busting out on, on Bruce Jenner. And if you can't make a joke, then go fuck Oh, I, I, so. a little side note. Uh, yeah. Got into a conversation with Jonah the other day about, uh, I don't know what I said. I, why I was, like, I was telling a story, and I said, so I said Bruce Jenner. Or I said he. And he he goes she. Well, you and know I, Jonah just did it to tick and I you go, off. Yeah. No, no, no. There was some, and I and I didn't hear it. Kind really? of didn't hear him. Like I heard him, but I was like, you know, I, I was finishing my story, and he had said it like three times when I said he, and I looked at him, and he was just looking at me, and I go, it. He's a he until he gets his dick cut off. <laughs> <laughs> then he can be a she. <laughs> All right. Well, I was I was. Um... Playing in the game, and I cannot recall what happened, but there was an argument that started between my dad and the opposing coach. Oh, well. And they started yelling back and forth at each other. And I imagine at this point, my dad was, you know, his late 30s, maybe early 40s. Um, And the 10-year-old in me was watching him get in this guy's face. And I'd never actually seen my dad yell at anybody except for us kids, you know. It was mm. one of those weird situations. And for some reason, and I was one of those kids that did not swear, did not curse. I was very, very selective with my choice of words. <clears throat> and I see my dad get in this guy's face, and I shout out, Kick his ass, Dad! <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're the classy kid in Walmart watching his mom pummel another lady that was in a freaking motorized chair who got out of the motorized chair to fight. And basically you okay that's you so basically my dad's head so you're trash my dad's head whips around stares at me with this <clears throat> death stare it's like i know i fucked up i shouldn't have said that and then he pulls me to the side and he makes me apologize to the other coach and i'm like i'm sorry i'm sorry so you know we finished up the game and everything 
and we're driving home and it's just me and him. And he turns to me, he goes, you know, what you did was really stupid. I'm like, I'm really sorry, dad. He goes, it was really funny though. (laughs) (laughs) So I just really just popped in my head the second you were talking about your dad coaching you and stuff because I got a a story along those those lines. Go ahead. Go ahead. Might as well. It's father's day. It was my, and it may have been a father's day. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Because it was me, my brother, my sister, and my dad. And we went to, like, I want to say, like, a Hawks game. It was at the United Center or Chicago Stadium at the time. But it may be a Hawks game. Um, And I was probably, you know, 18 at the time. And we were walking, and we we were trying to figure – I forget if we were, like, trying to realize if we were on the right street to get to our car. And we actually stopped – for a second, like literally like an instant where somebody went, it's this way, you know, okay. and we stopped in front of one of the entrances for the parking lots and some little short guy, that dude had to be about five, two little <laughs> fat guy. Get the fuck out of the way. Oh, and my dad looks at him and the guy says, get out of the way again or something. My dad tells him to shut his mouth. <laughs> and, and and Luke's dad sounded pretty much like Luke, same voice. So there's a picture. Yeah, my dad yeah. was, you know, I just under six feet tall. Yeah, not stocky, but at that time was probably, you know, he was muscular. He wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't some scrawny guy. No. He looks at my dad and he says, you know, he says, "Fuck you! I'll knock you on your ass." Like then, dad. Like, this all got <sighs> just provocated because he wanted you guys to move out of the way. Yeah. Wow. And real winner. I, I walked over and got in the guy's face. And you were 18? I was 18. I would have uh, killed the guy. Yeah, right. I was probably in the best shape of my life. <laughs> I think I was my freshman year college wrestling, you know, and I would have just killed this little fat guy. <laughs> and my dad grabbed me and pulled me away. He goes, yeah, that's right. Walk away. And I was yelling, you know, you, you fat fucking bastard. I'll fucking beat you, you know. <laughs> and I think the guy, there was a point where the guy's, tune kind of changed when he i think he saw the intensity of which i was ready to come after him because right. i think he was probably used to talking tough but probably had very few people call him on it and my dad pulled me away and i said I'm like why didn't you beat that guy and he goes and my dad looks at me and goes what's that gonna do for me he goes i would have killed the little guy he goes what am i gonna do what am i gonna go to jail tonight because i beat some parking attendant <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I guess. I said, I just, you gotta go, just, but I, I was defensive because he was talking to my dad. Mm-hmm. If he had said that to me, I probably would have just pulled my dick out and smacked him or something and walked <laughs> away. You know, because I mean, what I'm saying, it wouldn't have been that important to me. Exactly. Um, but the fact that he, you know, he sort of threatened my dad, which is probably along the same lines exactly. as you, it, it, in, it increases that sort of, oh, you know. And me and my old man fight, like, but if I ever see somebody yelling at him, I instantly get in that mode. But I imagine it's the same thing with, you know, if I see anybody yelling about you or yelling about Joan or something like that, as much as we rip on each other, I'll be like, fuck you. I always will take your side regardless of the situation, if it's a serious situation or somebody yelling. So, yeah, I mean, I think through the show, the only person we've determined that hasn't defended a friend is Jonah. Jonah just won't defend a friend. Yes. Instead, he sits <laughs> them down for a kumbaya Macklemore moment. <laughs> He's going, what the fuck? What did I do? <laughs> you guys are talking about me. This is bullshit. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, uh, I'd, I would like to note that uh, 
Jill had messaged us and said our last show was probably the best she'd ever heard. I, I think she was referring to the Courage episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah the... which which included the Jonas Mclemore side got bent over and butt fucked. Can, can we? <laughs> can can we uh, actually flash back to that for a second? Because uh, I got into it with Barback Bill about uh, that episode. About that episode in particular, how he felt uh, that the uh, the Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner is actually deserving of the uh, the Courage Award, the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. And his argument, which was a, a sound argument, wasn't so much uh, his defense of the transgender stuff, but he was basically stating, he goes, well, Bruce Jenner is an athlete, and if you want to consider this award a Courage Award, you're looking at his entire body of work because his 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 athleticism doesn't just go away in the seventies. He's he's a decathlete. He's I don't think he's ever been honored in something like this before. So if it would have happened ten years ago, would he have would somebody have been more deserving, or is it taken into account that he's become a transgender uh, woman? Is it that is one hundred percent because he's become and a transgender I, I woman. I agree with you, and that's what I, that's my argument toward Bill. I was like, no, 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 he if. If he would have been given an award for his lifetime achievement in sports, that's one thing. I'd be like, fine, yeah, give it to give him. It, but this that's is a not what the award for was dealing for. with a, a sports character, a sports person dealing with some sort of event in their life that causes them to step above and beyond. It's not a courage award for a guy who stepped up in the bottom of the ninth and hit the game ringing home run and no. courage. It is for some life event, something that has changed your life and you happen to be an athlete. And I'm sad that, you know, that kids going through this emotional state in their in their brain and they they feel like they're a man or they feel like they're a woman spokesperson is Bruce Jenner because I think Bruce Jenner is, is a tool is a toolbox. This is not your this is not the spokesperson you want. Yeah, find a better uh, somebody that is more or I should say less of a douche to be your <laughs> spokesperson. And here's the thing. Here's another thing to think about, Bill. When you're listening to this episode, okay. Look at it this way, Bill. In Russia, they can't get sex changes. There you go. So we're progressive. Your your favorite place, <laughs> uh, communist <laughs> Soviet Union. There were no sex changes. They just sent them to Siberia. Well, what, what my point is, it's the year 2015. We have made a shit ton of progress in uh, stuff that would be considered socially awkward 30 years ago, 40 years ago. If Bruce Jenner came out as a woman after he won. Uh, his decathlon, or wanted as a woman. Yeah, or I would have been like, "Good job, well, guys." Just, just, just think about it. If it was back, I think it was in the seventy. I can't remember the year. If he would have won, he was like seventy six. He was like going that. through. He was probably one of the world's 72. most famous athletes at the time. If he would have been saying, "You know what? I actually have something that I've been yeah. trying to get out." If he that would have been a, impressive in nineteen seventy two or whatever year it was. If he would have came out then, that's fucking courageous. That would have been impressive. Because he would have been like, there was... I would have been like, wow. All the attention in the world was on him at that point. Now he is a Kardashian. Yeah. That's his all career was His career was sinking, and he's he's now doing a reality show. Yeah. It's, it's you know, you that's not courageous, dude. It really isn't. A courageous is, a, again, it's a 15-year-old kid that's so goddamn confused, and they're afraid of getting beat up every day. Yeah, and, Bruce Jenner know, is not afraid of getting beat up. No. He he's, should be, he's, but he's not. <laughs> That's that's all I got to say about that bullshit. We've been treading on this stuff, but you see what went away? 
in the course of literally three days. Our good friend Rachel. Uh, oh no, it's Dozel. still up. They're coming up with videos of her doing like just completely well, contradicting herself. The Charleston, South Carolina stuff just made that take the back seat to yeah. everything. Man. And you know, I I I tried to avoid that because it's I'm just so, so sick. It's sad. the same broken record. Um, until I saw something this morning that a friend of mine uh, out in California who is a, I would consider, I don't want to say a genius, but he's a he's a brilliant thinker, this guy. Um, don't just be throwing to, the word genius around. I went to college right? with him, and okay. the dude is uh, was straight-A engineering student okay. without much effort at all. Just really, really, and he would come up with these thoughts about things, and it was just this brilliant mind would work. Um, and... Not that he posted what or that affects what he posted or what he posted was that brilliant, but I tend to read his stuff because he always has sort of some sort of insight. Okay. So I finally looked at, you know, and I read this story and um, so he posted an article or is this his own? It stuff? was an article written in the AP um, about the shooter. Okay. And so I kind of caught up on the story because I'm like, you know what, another white guy shoots up a whatever. Well, this yeah, this one was the. Um, I don't know. He I, shot up a black church. He shot up a black church. A week nine, earlier. Nine people, right? A week before, his black drinking buddy, they were sitting in a bar and the guy was trashed. And he said, I'm going to go shoot up a college campus. And the black the black drinking buddy said, you know, why would you want to do that or whatever? And he thought it, he thought it was just like tough talk being yeah, drunk. Yeah. So then for some reason he said he changed his mind and he went to the church. And so that to make it's become now a race issue, even though a week earlier there wasn't even race involved. Well, I I, I don't know if I agree one hundred percent of everything that's been coming out. Apparently, uh, he was wearing the pro apartheid thing. He's taking but plenty I, you know, of pictures with but the, you know your battle flag. But my like point that, so. is, the dude is more mentally ill than he is a racist. He doesn't have rational thought. The he, wanted, he said he wanted to start the race war or something. He doesn't yeah, have yeah, rational yeah. thought. Hey. Just because it's a race thing doesn't make it all of a sudden, oh, he's a racist over being – the dude's a lunatic. Do you do you care that he's not been labeled the, the terrorist tag? I mean, do you think he's a, a domestic terrorist like Tim McVeigh? Or um, do you give a shit? A lot of people are like, know, how come we don't call this asshole a terrorist? Because if I look at someone like Timothy McVeigh – Timothy McVeigh knew exactly what he was doing, and he was doing it specifically for a certain thing. The fact that this guy's now got contradicting stories coming out, yeah, I don't, and the I fact don't know. that I haven't read is, enough about it, so he is, and from what I, and again, me too, yeah. but he is a, from what I'm understanding, a paranoid schizophrenic. So he was doing that. He what he did and what his actions were driven by what was going on in his own head, as far as the delusions and the. You know what I mean? Right. It was it wasn't like a and dare I say that Timothy McVeigh was rational. Okay. You know what I mean? Whether you completely disagree with him, the, the absurdity of his choice to blow up a building because of his you know agenda. This other guy was I, Timothy McVeigh was in his own mind, knew what he was doing. This is related to this, and I okay. want your thoughts on this. That I saw. and I and honestly, yeah. I don't really care what you label people. You can call them the dude. Obviously, yeah, what the he did is a, is a tragedy. It's you feel terrible. bad. You feel bad, and I'm so fucking impressed, and at the same time disgusted with the people, the families, 
that have come out and forgiven this guy. Yeah, that are so comfortable and... with their own inner peace that uh, they can say, you know what, it hurt us, but we forgive you. A lot of peace vigils um, have happened and across then the country too, which is nice. And I'm so. disgusted with the people that have criticized these people for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That they, that are coming in and saying you're, you know, oh, there, there's your Christianity or there's your blah blah blah, and you know, the mocking these people for doing something that most people could not do, and I, I that's very impressive to me. These people. Yeah, you know, tragedy aside, this is more of the uh, what does Luke feel about these uh, situations? Okay. Uh, there is a black pastor on Fox and Friends, which is the Fox News morning show, and I can't remember his name in particular. Fox and Friends sounds like a cartoon. It basically is. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever seen it, trust me, it's a fucking cartoon. I have not. Um, and this is right along, uh, along the lines of an NRA board member named uh, Charles Cotton. Okay. Charles Cotton. Charles Cotton. Um, one of the people that was killed in Charleston was a state senator who was also the pastor. And he voted ag- against uh, concealed carry. Okay. Okay? So he, he was a state, state uh, congressman, voted against concealed carry, uh, did not want people to have handguns in places of business and stuff okay. like that. He's a pastor. I kind of see the correlation okay. there. Uh Mr. Cotton uh, posted this on his Twitter, which was, of course, immediately deleted. Uh, Eight of his church members who might be alive if he had expressively allowed members to carry handguns in church are dead. Innocent people died because of his position on a political issue. Do you buy that? Um, I buy, I buy that he feels guilty. And I buy that he could have changed. He maybe changed his mind, or in that emotional moment. No, no, no. Wait, that. Wait, what are you? What are you? I, that, okay, that was that was Cotton saying that about the the pastor that got killed. Oh, oh Cotton! Said, I thought the pastor no, was saying. No, the pastor is dead. He was. A, okay. he, yeah, he was. Right, a state, I, I think a state senator. Um, he was the one that voted against. Do I buy carry. that? Now he's dead. Eight members of his church are dead. So this guy on the NRA I says, "Okay, I it's don't his have a, fault. He should be to blame." No, he's not to blame. Um, the guy who is completely out of his mind is to blame, even though he's out of his mind. Thank you, um, for the love of God. I, but I'm glad we're I mean, I, I'm not a big, strong gun proponent or opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there should be a. I think there should be conceal and carry, but I think that it should be a huge ordeal to go through this to be able to because i do believe that there are times where i've read multiple times where crimes have been stopped uh i saw the video of the old man is he was getting he got mugged and then the guy went after his wife and he pulled out his gun and the dude ran away and it was a video in a parking garage and i you know you don't know what the guy was going to do because he hit the old man who knows and they were old so i think there are times that uh it is a a benefit i don't think that anyone even police officers that got remember those two cops got jumped in their car by that guy in New York and they got shot and killed before they could even get their guns out. That would happen like a couple months ago, yeah. So do I think that those people would have been saved? No. Because they're sitting in church. I doubt they're thinking I better be on alert in case someone comes in. Exactly. <laughs> but, but they're you know, perhaps that guy comes in and takes starts taking one or two shots and someone on the other side of the church is able to pull out their a weapon and shoot him. So I don't know. This dude, Do I, is, this so dude to me sounds like he's pissing. Well, he's grave. pushing his stupid agenda. Yeah. Um, but I, there are times where I think that it is a benefit. I'm not completely, I, you know, guns don't, 
We we already treaded on the gun yeah, issue. Yeah, guns don't uh, guns don't kill people. I'm sorry. You can you can stab somebody. You can ban knives. I mean, and I hear someone go, "Well, guns are specifically for killing." That's so, me. I've said that multiple um, times. You know, are we gonna okay? Are we gonna ban explosives? They're for, for killing or no? Right? They're for actually, you know, getting rid of uh, rocks and everything. Oh, right, like right, that right. And yeah. a, and a facility. Um, so, a facility. Do I think? Do I think? <laughs> I mean, I'm. I I, I guess people that people have a right to to carry guns it's in the constitution now does that mean that we should i don't think that gun laws stop people from being crazy and killing a bunch of people no, they never I will could go, i could go out right now and buy a gun and i have no idea how but i'm sure i could find one today if i really wanted one i don't think gun laws would stop but i think that if you're going to be a conceal and carry person i think that you should have to go through a very stringent process so it's not every you who on the on the planet and walking around like a cowboy i think that's where we sync up pretty good because when, when i was listening to this toolbox who mr cotton who's a fucking tool um all i'm thinking is i keep hearing that why do you want to hurt the good people that are using their firearms in respective ways why do we want to make it harder for them because we should make it hard for anyone to get a gun. It shouldn't be an easy process. If you want one so bad, you'll jump through the hoops to get it. You do the background check. You do the mental check. I don't care what it fucking takes. I don't want to ban all guns. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's, it's ridiculous. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's 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 so silly to say. Oh, I don't I think it's a violation of, of your constitutional right that they should make sure that you're a sane. Uh, do whatever it non-violent takes. person to get a gun. I don't think that's a violation. I mean, to be, but that's again, that's people are always. There's so many fucking people complaining about dumb shit out there that you just kind of go, dude, fucking relax. Oh, this, but I mean, that that just set me over the edge, man. Like you're blaming the guy that's dead. That's fucked up to me. So you know what? It's, is it's a shame that to is think that Caitlyn Jenner getting. Her penis cut off, symbolic of us losing guns. <laughs> they directly correlate with one another, my friend. Okay, I just um, wanted to see if there was a tie-in. It all yeah. ties together. I, that that just that just killed me to no end. The black pastor that was on Fox and Friends, he was basically stating that he feels that pastors should actually have firearms on the side. And I just had pastors. this. I he said he said he will do whatever it takes to defend his flock, and it it, it was. I'm not a churchgoer, all right? I used to be a churchgoer. I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic church for 18 years of my life, the first 18. The church is supposed to be a sanctuary. Yeah. I've never once felt worried inside of a church. Like, my yeah, life was in jeopardy. I've never thought that someone was going to come running in, and it's a rarity that something like this would happen. I mean... I don't want to call this an isolated incident because it seems to happen every three months. Obviously, the scenario is always different. But when we start advocating the fact that, you know what, the pastor should be carrying to. Oh, God, This no. is becoming so cr- – like, if you're it's that, nuts. You know what you do if you're, if you're that worried that someone's going to come into <laughs> right your church? This- you have people that volunteer to hand out programs. Have one of your freaking parishioners – who is a conceal and carry person stand outside for the for the service and and guard the church god if it's that big why would it, can you imagine a guy coming in to shoot up a church and a pastor pulls out a shotgun from behind the freaking 
It's like a, it's like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. fucking so unrealistic. And your pastor is Cheech Marin. You know, I mean, <laughs> give me a body of Christ. <laughs> yeah, you know, says something cool before he takes him out. Oh, Vengeance shit. is mine. <laughs> I'll get Cheech clips in here. All right. Did you like the Martin clips, by the way? Nah, it was overkill. Oh, fuck you. And I hate Beautiful. Martin. He's not funny. He's that. That was kind of the point. I know. Because it was so unfunny. It started, but it started before we started talking about him, and I kept sitting there thinking, people are going to be really confused about this. That's okay. That's okay. People got it. All right, man. Well, real quick, let's talk about our Chicago Blackhawks. Hey! They uh, they fucking won it all the day after me and Luke um, had hoping they would win. And uh, our good friend uh, Corey Crawford let out an F-bomb during the parade, which is always cl- uh, classy. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Holy shit! What a do you guys do you watch hockey? You and Amy at all? Like, um, we're not. I guess you would call us. It's not. I don't think it's bandwagon because no. I. I actually. I. It's kind of funny. I've had people call me a bandwagon fan that were not even born when I was going to twenty <laughs> hawk games a year, which is ironic. It's kind of if funny. You've gone to twenty kinda... hawk games a year, you are far from a bandwagon fan. Um but I did stop when they when they got so bad and they the after I heard Rocky Wirtz say, Hey, don't expect a champion or not Rocky, his father. Yeah, his father. Don't expect a championship. Championships are expensive. Um but I, I kinda went, okay, the During Hawks those are the worst years nobody league. watched the Hawks. And I was in California, yeah. so it was a, so and they weren't on TV They weren't on they TV were anyway. Away. Yeah. Um but I don't. I mean, I'll if if it's on at the bar or at work, for sure. I'll keep an eye on it. But I'll watch more in the playoffs. I started. Uh... Um, and Amy will kind of be like, "Oh, you know, what's the series?" And she'll sit down and watch it if I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's bandwagon. Or I just no, openly admit not... I'm more of a playoff watcher. The, the I was watching hockey back uh, during the mid '90s when there was like Chelios and Jeremy mm-hmm. Roenick, and I I uh, I gave up on the sport right after that major strike and a lot of people went with me like fuck this sport i don't want anything to do with it yeah it wasn't i don't think it was a strike i think it was a lockout it was a lockout it was like for over a year or some shit yeah they lost a season here's the thing that kills me and maybe it has something to do with the blackhawks themselves but i think this team may have saved professional hockey maybe that's hyperbole but a couple years back they had another lockout it was uh, was it two thousand two thousand four or two thousand? No, no, it was. It wasn't. Uh, it was. I think after their, it was the shortened season. We won two thousand ten, right? Uh, yeah, I think two thousand ten. Okay, yeah, that's right. Two thousand ten. So it was somewhere in there. I remember saying, guys, because we had like a forty game season. I remember saying this to uh, my uncle John, who is a hockey nut. He's a St. Louis Blues fan. We won't hold that against them too much, but uh, yes, we will. <laughs> He he knows hockey inside and out. He follows the teams. He follows the players. He follows fucking international hockey. Like he's ridiculous about it. So this this lockout occurs or the strike. I can't remember what the exact term. And I'm like, hockey is dead again. There's no way there's going to be a resurgence in hockey after that last strike. Hockey had its worst ratings in yeah. years, in decades. Nobody was watching hockey in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. I think that was. I'm like, this is so bad. I think hockey might just become a casual sport it's going to be like or it's going to be like a hardcore sport there's not going to be any casual fans left for this fucking sport yeah and i've never seen such a turnaround in just the viewership because i think of the blackhawks well, i think the team is so phenomenal uh 
They are very interesting. They have some dynamic, exactly. charismatic They're so young fun to players. Watch. But I think you're looking at it from a sh- you're in maybe you're in. I'm a homer engulfed in yeah. the Blackhawk mania. They got a little dynasty. Going. I doubt if you went to say, well, go uh, well. Not even the Kings have won it recently. But yeah. LA fans are so fickle. They're fans when their team wins. <laughs> LA fans are basically me multiplied by five million for well, hockey. Like if they're winning, hey, I'm a fan. You know. Um, but say you just went to some neutral city. I don't think hockey is any more popular because of the Blackhawks. Well, see, they, hear me out. The reason I, oh, I think this—the reason I think this—we got don't three, swell up three championships. I will later on when we talk about Inside Out. The movie. Um, three championships in six years. We got a little dynasty going. Nothing's been in a row, but everyone loves a winner, especially. If <laughs> no, they excited. don't. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. <laughs> let me finish the point. Everyone loves a winner, especially if that's your team, and then everyone loves to hate the winner. So the the opposing cities, okay. they have they have a target. It's like Notre Dame football. Exactly, they got something to hate, so My they're going to watch teams it even are more. Penn State and anybody playing Notre Dame. <laughs> so anybody that doesn't like the Blackhawks automatically becomes a Blackhawk hater, and their interest in hockey goes up because they want to see somebody kick their ass. And just like the Bulls in the '90s, if you weren't a Chicago Bulls fan. You're like rooting against Michael Jordan, like violently. You're like, I hope he fucking breaks. Mostly his New Yorkers. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it it took a team like the Blackhawks to really invigorate right. the sport. So, well, yeah, they're good. They're a good winner. It's not Absolutely, like it's not man. like it's the Montreal Canadiens, you know. And people were like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Canadian team, nobody cares. Um, yeah, but here's here's the complete opposite of that. Did you watch any of the NBA Finals? With Mr. LeBron James. I did not see one dribble. Not one dribble. All right. Uh, Cleveland I lost. did post. Yeah, I did. I did see. I would look every day to see who won. Okay. Um, and I did post my evaluation of LeBron James. Uh, after game five, when the Cavs were down 3-2 against Golden State. Yeah. Uh, did you see LeBron's interview after the I game? I heard it on the radio. You heard it. Yeah. Uh. If you don't mind, would you uh, tell our listeners what LeBron James said out loud into a microphone? LeBron James uh, declared that he is the greatest player in the world. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know. Let me read to you my evaluation. <laughs> Let me read to you because it, I addressed this after Game 7. I did seven. not see your, uh, your addressing of the issue. Okay. <clears throat> but holy fuck. I thought about it after Game 7. And they were, you know, because it's it was game five. It was game, game. No, no. But I thought about it after game six when they lost. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, and I was, I got in the car and I remember thinking, I think this every year. Can we, once basketball, when, how soon can we stop talking about LeBron James? Because I get so <laughs> sick of hearing about him. Um, because I, well, I'll read you my evaluation. All right. But I want to hear this I got now. in my car to leave for work. I turned on my car and the thir- second and third words I heard were LeBron James. It was Mike, uh, Mike and Mike in the morning. Oh, you can't listen. And to them. Mike goes, uh, Mike uh, Greenberg goes for LeBron James. That was the first words I heard on the radio when the car turned on. <laughs> so I, this is what I typed on June seventeenth. The best player in the world, in quotes, is now two and four in the finals. <laughs> two of his losses came on a super team, basically. Yeah. I said, I'm holding out for a true champion to get this title. Someone who refuses to lose. Someone who doesn't need to conspire with other great players to all go to the same place. Someone who doesn't cramp up under pressure. Someone who doesn't quit on his team before skipping town, then quit on the team he skipped town for to go back. Yep. 
most importantly, someone who doesn't need to tell us he's he's the best right after losing game five and right before losing game six. Ooh. Scathing. That's my evaluation of LeBron James. Great <sighs> ball player, but is my in my mind the best in the world encompasses much more than being a talent. Okay, I would say in the NBA, yeah, I think he's probably hands down the most talented, best. If you want to say best player, he's the best player. I think the problem comes when you say something like that out loud, regardless of it's true or not, Mm. you have the disdain of not only the fans, you got the disdain of the team you are still playing against. That is beating you. That is that is beating you. And now has a little bit motiv- motivation, a little bit more motivation to not only just fucking beat you, but to punish you. Like, make it apparent well, that you are no... You cannot if I was, back your talk. If I was on Golden State, I would have said after Game 6, we are the best team in the world. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Um, but here's... In saying that, here's what LeBron James does. First off, he says, I'm an egotistical maniac. About, yeah. you know, or an egomaniac, I should say. He called himself King James in high school. I mean, come on. Just... He is also in it. That statement came in the process of throwing his team under the bus. Yeah. Saying I'm not getting any help. Yeah. He said that. Well, not I think that exact phrase, but yeah. yeah that was he what was, he was doing. He yeah. was throwing his team under the bus. He's already thrown his coach under the bus. LeBron James is a douchebag. Absolutely. He's he can't get a... along with any coach that tries to coach him. You know, I've even said this. I don't think I want him on my team anymore. As good as he is, I don't think I want him on the Bulls because you know. I again, I start getting to a mode where I'm like, "Fuck this guy, I don't like him." Personally, I don't like. I would him. rather beat him than join him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the best part is, through all this, was my buddy, old roommate Ray. Ray put up a little video of LeBron James, and I don't know if you saw this one. It was after Game Five. And it's just a video of LeBron saying, "I'm the best player of the world." And then Jordan laughing. And then no, not the Jordan laughing. They flash back to, I believe it was the 1993 Bulls championship interview, post-game interview after the Bulls oh, okay. won. And one of the uh, reporters goes, Michael Jordan, are you the best player in the world? And Jordan, and classy Jordan-ness, he's like, you know, uh, different players play different ways throughout the years. He goes, to qualify myself or something like that, you know, you can't really say I'm the best because there's different generations, different ways to play the game. You know, I'm just happy to be here, you know. Yeah. Like, there's a fucking response, man. Yeah. There is a, as much as Jordan's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and but, then he went and slept with four women yeah. behind his wife's The back, man so. could work a goddamn crowd. He knew. And yep. he knew that, he knew how to market himself. Absolutely. And man. James doesn't get it. Nope. But he's still probably going to sleep with four women after that game, too. Win or lose. Whatever. <laughs> Give a fuck about LeBron James. LeBron James. All right, man. Uh, let's see what else we got on the agenda. Let's go back into politics, man. Okay. Got some new people running for president this week. Who's that? We got our good boy Jeb, Jeb Bush. Oh. And we got our good boy Donald Trump, who announced for the first time uh, in 20 years that he's officially diving into the pool. He's gonna He's going to make a difference, Luke. Jeb Bush could win the nomination. I don't want him to. But someone like Donald Trump, I mean, I don't think he realizes how much he divides a party more than he helps. Let's let's talk about Bush first. And yeah. let, let's take the uh, Bush and Clinton, okay? Obviously, names we're familiar with. You got Hillary Clinton. Yeah. You got Jeb Bush. Yeah. 
All right. I kind of view this and I'm hating that these two people are running for president. Yeah. Based on the name alone. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It this is feeling to me as we've been going down this political line to be more of a dynasty type thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What? Yeah. You what mean the dynasty fuck? the show? Yeah, it might as well be. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought yeah, of. It, but it's it's like the same names, the same people in politics. Yeah, and I, I think it's wrong that people love or hate Obama. I he came out of nowhere, and they're like, okay, this is you know an Illinois state senator, and or excuse me, Illinois senator, and you know he's different. But Hillary Clinton's been around for fucking ever. Jeb no. Bush has been around for fucking ever. I don't, but I think people, and this is where I think it's wrong, and actually more on the Bush side than, because people say, Jeb Bush, we already had George. We're, you wouldn't want another, you know what I mean? He's, yeah. a, different, he's a different person. He's going to have that stigma no matter what. You know, what. people have said, yeah. oh, we don't want Hillary. Look what Bill did. You know, exactly. and it's like, that's a different person. The only difference is the fact that if Hillary was in the White House, Bill would have influence. I don't think that Jeb's going into the White House and going to have George sleeping in a twin bed with him. You know, <laughs> you know, I, play, I imagine them laying with the, play those, Commodore those, 64. Night, those nightcaps on, <laughs> you know, with the stripe like a Three Stooges type thing. I, so, I mean, I think there's the only, that's the only, but people, like England, people look dude. at Jeb Bush and go, oh, my God. I mean, George W. was much different than his father. His father was a more polished politician i guess you could say hey you say what you want about him i mean the, george bush senior acted quite presidential i didn't care for he w was a classy guy he but was a classy guy i i i can't help but feeling like this is becoming some sort of monarchy as as you go along like okay it's the same motherfuckers running over and over again these these are family the family almost to me and this is just my opinion feels like they should get these positions like they should inherit the presidency, and I don't like that feeling. No, nah, my I, politics. I, the person I'm leaning towards, and it's not solely based on this, but it kind of helped me. You know, those quizzes were, and it's more of those. It's a more extensive quiz than you gave me. All right, where it's like, what's your feeling on this, this, or other? And when you click other, it shows you a list of. They give you get more. And it yeah, was very extensive. It took me like 20 minutes to take this quiz, and it gave me Ted Cruz, and, um. I started to kind of like look at more of what the people thought, and I kind of went, "Okay, I kind of like this guy. I like the way he presents himself. Right. He seems like a smart guy." Um, so that's my. And at this point, I mean, I it doesn't really matter who I like at this point. No, I'm not registered. To oh, vote, really? To vote? No, I'm registered to vote, but not registered as a Republican. Oh, I got you. I got so you. I'm not going to vote in the primary. Obviously. Um, I don't think so, I'm registered as a Democrat either. I'm just registered to vote. I'm just registered to vote. Yeah. So because I'm not always going to vote for a Republican. Absolutely not. Um, but I'm. I'll wait and see who comes out of each side, and then I then I start going. Okay, you know, and it's usually fucking. I don't like either of them, and I go, God damn it, you know. <laughs> What's um, the, you ever heard, uh, the giant douche or the turd sandwich? Is that yeah. The, <laughs> the but now we got our good friend Donald, oh, who joined God. the race and. Did, I don't know if Amy's laughing at us. She's uh, not. She's probably laughing at something completely different. But, but it was a very well-timed. She's up there cackling. Did you, and you can't hear her on the microphone, but he said, our good friend Donald Trump running for president, and you hear Amy cackle upstairs. Did you Did you see his press conference? No. I don't have any interest in Donald Trump. He, he came out. He gave like a 20-minute speech that was just – it might as well have been like uh, the beginning to – you know, that TV show that he does. The Apprentice. Yeah, The Apprentice. But he basically was 
talking about his net worth. The entire I may I'm worth eight point nine billion. I don't know why I turned him into Kennedy, but it, like <laughs> it, it, it was. It was like surreal. Like, okay, you got eight point nine billion dollars, and he goes, "I'm not saying this to brag." Okay, I I think he was basically stating that I know how to balance checkbook or some shit like that. The man that's gone bankrupt yeah. four times. But you you said it before we even got into it. You feel that he's going to hurt uh, people that are running for republic the Republican nomination. You, well, I think he's going to divide people, you know, and hopefully, you know, if if they do have a they put up a good a real good candidate who is uh you know worth something that's and something yeah he'll overshadow it because he has the money and the power to owner to do so and he turns the here's the thing man i love politics and i want to be serious about politics but there's a side of me that really wants him to go all in and just go to these debates and be fucking Donald he won't Trump. even be invited to the debates i hope he gets invited because i just want to see like the the chaos of it, to be honest with you. Part of me wants the chaos. And the, the smart part of me is like, you don't want him anywhere near politics. And the other side of me is like, fuck it. Everything else is a reality show. I had, a, I had a chance to meet Donald Trump. Did you? On two separate occasions. <laughs> said no. um, when he was promoting The Apprentice at Universal Studios. All right. And I could have walked out of my office, walked about 50 feet over to where they were starting their little... He was riding a car or something and doing... And I chose to stay in my office and play uh, the mine, mine hunt or whatever that was. <laughs> Minesweeper. Minesweeper. So, so you there's my a thirty-year-old Windows game as opposed to talk to Donald Trump. Yep. Ooh, there was six, my interest in Donald Trump uh, back when he probably at the height of his popularity when The Apprentice was early on, and it's this motherfucker, dude. All right. Well, that's all I got for Donald. I just I think it's absolutely surreal that he uh, he said he was actually running for president. So we've, we've been given a gift from the comedy gods, I think. Fuck him. Don't care. <laughs> All right. Oh, last... And, sh- and Cher, Cher, did you see Cher on Twitter came out and was like, if Donald Trump's president, I'm somebody I said, that. I'll move to Australia. And she said, I'll move to Jupiter. And as far as I'm concerned, Cher and Donald can move to Jupiter, and that'd be fine by me. Let's talk about that Cher tweet real quick. Okay. And not so much the tweet itself, and not about Donald Trump, but the way it's portrayed. So... I was scrolling through the internet, and then it says, "Share, uh, like wipes the floor with Donald Trump with this amazing oh, tweet." Oh yeah, and I go, uh, "Why do I want to click on this?" All right, you want to see what on, she said? I'll click more on that, or you want to see what what they think is wiping the floor? Well, well, yeah, what's amazing? Yeah, and I click on it. Donald Trump's an asshole. I never vote for him. Like, yeah. Well, that's not wiping. What the, floor. the fuck, man? Wiping the floor is something creative that you would never think of. That culture is not – it's called the BuzzFeed culture as far as I'm concerned. It's like 15 celebrities who married ugly spouses. And I'm like, what the fuck? So it's this guy's judgment. (laughs) I actually saw a a thing today. Uh, It was 12 celebrities who really love their their spouses. And I'm like, as opposed to the rest who who just kind of – Sort of. Yeah. So so Cher really mopped the floor. Well, that's why I told you I stopped following that comic conservative guy because he would always like be like – such and such owns such and such, and it would be like he's a bad. Person. I dislike this person, <laughs> and I'd be like, dude, oh man, I can't look at the internet anymore. It's I gotta just stick with Candy Crush. Um, the last thing that I had for just a, a basic topic is I was I was chit chatting with you and Amy before we even started the show, and I just saw Inside Out, and I don't know if you're familiar with any of the Pixar movies or if you like any of them, like Toy Story or not. If you could care less. You give me like this face 
I would never go see a, a, something like that. Have you seen theater. any of them? I've seen Toy Story and Toy Story 2. All right. I've seen, uh, I don't know, what else is there? Uh, they did Finding Nemo. I saw Finding Nemo. Up. These are things that usually I watch if there's like a little kid that puts it on and I'm in the room. All right, so you, you kind of just view them as, as kids' movies. You kind of just pass them to the side because I, no, it's no, probably I one know, of the most... I, I know that they make them to entertain the parents, too, mm-hmm. and I've found some value. Like, I thought Toy Story was a good movie, but it doesn't grab me like I have to see that. All right, gotcha. Like, when we saw... like, And this is just for all cartoon movies. Like, when we saw Wreck-It Ralph for yeah. Aaron's birthday, I would not have gone to see that movie if it wasn't Aaron's birthday. Okay. And I just... I'm sure they make good films, but... I see, as far as in the theaters, I see so few movies that I really pick, you know, All right. try to pick a good... If you want a quick, quick review without spoiling anything, seriously, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yes, I'm please don't do your normal movie no, half-hour review. I won't do an interstellar it. review. As much as we're getting hits on that, I still can't believe people are still listening to that. You know that people listen... And then find out it's brutal. That's because they love it. No, they love it, man. I'm sorry. It's when the next one is way down. People that's when you it. look at the rea- the reaction. Nothing but skyrocketing numbers yeah, all right, around, Luke. You're, you're, you, why don't you declare yourself the greatest in the world there, uh, LeBron <laughs> Prol? <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that? <laughs> I am the greatest podcaster in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he needs some help from his teammate. Uh, just a fucking incredible movie. And I, you know what? It's kind of, it makes me a little bit sad that uh, I would imagine most people have your viewpoint when it comes to movies like that. Because you get selective of the movies and the little time that you do have to go see a flick. And you want to see something that uh, is captivating. And once the second, the stigma of a cartoon is put on anything, you automatically kind of throw it in the kid dimension. I, I never stopped being a kid. So I, I, I watch cartoons. I don't throw it in the kid dimension. You don't? There's it's, so many people. There's so many adults that love Frozen. Well, I saw it's a great a, movie, but it's I a musical. Saw I mean, a video of uh, Idina Menzel singing the Frozen theme at some like fundraiser, and all the adults were singing it with her. Well, Frozen um, is a musical. Frozen is a celebrated musical now. Well, it, I mean, yeah. but it draws people. It's a kids' movie. Exactly. There's, so, I mean, I don't think I, I don't classify it as a kids' movie as much as I just, I don't have a, I don't really want to see a cartoon. I gotcha. Is it is it because it's a cartoon? If this was like an actor, I don't know, probably. Thing? Yeah, I never sat down and evaluated. Why don't I want to see this movie? No, it's it's just kind of a. a it, there's a little bit of a. I guess there's a little bit of a. I guess cheat in a cartoon. You can draw the face to show the expression you want mm-hmm. versus the the and there's there it takes a talent to voice over too because you really have to express something. But I do appreciate the little nuances of a very good actor and how he expresses himself with his face and his body and, for sure or you know her face or her body that. Where I look and say, "Wow, that's a fucking fabulous, you know, per- performance." And it, I, I think that's the the realm of the cartoons that we're getting now. I mean, this this had so much emotion built up inside of it, and it was it is not a kids' movie. And anybody that watches this that's over the age of like ten, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck am I looking at?" Because it's it basically goes inside of your uh, your memories. And they watch their memories basically fade away, and it's one of the weirdest things ever because you, it's 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 something hard to even visualize, but to actually take an abstract concept like that and mm-hmm. put it in an animated form. Oh, I'm sure it's a, it, it, it looks crazy. interesting. I've seen the previews for it, and I actually went 
That looks like that's cool. That's something unique they they created there. And the problem is the trailer too. The trailer makes it look like a kid movie. Like, oh, Lewis Black is the voice of anger. Oh, she's angry right now. And he, they, it's such a throwaway thing. To, it's so, marketing. Yeah, I know. Most it, people aren't going to go see that just by themselves. The kids need to go. Mom, Dad, I want to see that. Well, I haven't seen a lot of movies this year. That's my movie of the year so far. Definitely go see it. I mean, bring your kids. Bring some fucking tissues, too. That's And if you're a real man, go see Mad Max. <laughs> Fury Road. It was awesome. Thunderdome. With... Did you like it? Oh, Mad Max was great. They did a whole podcast on it. But something Gate did it. Uh, we talked about Mad Max, dude. It was fucking awesome. You, you uh, uh, Tom Hardy and... Uh, a big Tom Hardy fan. I want to go see it now because I have yet to go. So It was two hours of action and entertainment. That's all you need It sometime. ain't Shakespeare. <laughs> it was just, it was fun. You ready to answer some sex and relationship advice questions? Sure, buddy. Let me get my diploma. It's time for Dr. Luke, everybody. Dr. Luke is a segment where I ask Dr. Luke sex and relationship advice questions I steal off the internet. And hopefully Luke says something funny. Um, Dr. Luke, I've been seeing this girl for a while. Things are starting to get serious. And I want to get married to her. But... I'm pretty well to do. Dr. Luke, should I even bring up a prenuptial agreement? I've seen this debated in the bar. I've seen this debated amongst family. I've seen this, this debated amongst friends. This might be a question for lawyer Luke. Lo- yeah, okay. Well, okay, well, but let, me, let me ask Dr. Talk, Luke. Talk, talk. <laughs> well, let me ask Dr. Luke first, All right. and then we'll bring in lawyer Luke. Dr. That's actually very clever. You combine two segments. Dr. Luke says... If you're that committed to this relationship and you feel that she is the same, a prenup should not be mm-hmm. necessary. If you feel that you will always hold it in the back of your mind, you need to either reconsider the relationship or possibly bring it up as something, maybe not as a prenup, but you might want to bring it up as a uh, let's get this established. If anything ever happens to us, here's so that we, we don't have to have such a bad taste in our mouths. Let's set this up so that I will give you X, Y, and Z if this splits. I so that you. you are set for life. And so. I will give you a personal example. Amy actually brought up a prenup when we were talking about when we started, when we got engaged. Okay. And I actually said to her, you know, I will, you know, we'll put in there, I will make sure that I put it in. Because I actually, then I asked my lawyer and he said, you know, do you think she's after your money? And I said, no, she, she, <laughs> all of this. Um, I said, you know, I would want to, if we did it, I would want to put in there. I, this is what she gets. Make sure she's taken care of, Yeah. you know? And so we don't have to drag it on through a court thing and all that. And he said, eh, you know what? If you guys both understand that you're probably in good shape, that, um, she's not a malicious person. So I said, and plus he goes, it'll cost this much money to do this. And it's kind of ridiculous. And I went, okay, fuck it. Um, so if you feel it would, you know, you need to gauge how she'll react to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what kind of person you use. Now, lawyer Luke, get the fucking prenup. <laughs> you see, Dr. Luke's answer was thought out and very, very um, well stated, lawyer Luke. And I will draw it up for you. <laughs> it was a great little story uh, back before Gabby got married. Mm-hmm. Gabby is Allison's sister. Um uh, she married uh, our good friend Ted. Uh, nice guy, Ted. Who's, who's appeared on the uh, show, I believe, once um, in the background. 
Uh, so Gabby comes out to the wine bar and she is talking to this person uh, that she had just met another woman and she was just like, oh, I'm getting married. And Gabby's like, oh, I'm getting married too. And they start chit-chatting it up. We had this lawyer that actually lived upstairs from us in the apartment buildings that was sitting at the, his normal spot at the end of the bar. His name was Ryan, complete D-bag, all right? He's, he's sitting down there. He's drinking his one glass of wine that he always orders, never tips. And he's listening to the two girls conversate about their upcoming wedding plans, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And under his breath, get a prenup. I was like, dude, you didn't have to volunteer that at all. But he just wanted to interject himself in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Gabby is not one to back away from any conversation. It's that right. oprazetic blood. Um, she just flips her head. Excuse me? It's like, I, I, I'm just saying, get a prenup. And she goes, who the hell are you? Yeah, nice. And, and he goes, hey, I don't mean to call no trouble. I'm just saying, get the prenup. I don't know your man, but get a prenup. And she goes, who the fuck do you? And Gabby starts like going nuts, and she's like not even listening. He just keeps saying, get a prenup, get a prenup. And I like had to pull Gabby to the side. I'm like, no, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's people. People take it that seriously. Like they get like, why would we ever ever break up? Yeah, but well, shit happens. Man. That's your thought when you, you know, and it's kind of funny. And it, I, he seems to possess the characteristics of when I got divorced and my lawyer was handling the divorce, and he said, "I'm going to get bring this guy in who is a <clears throat> who is a uh, divorce lawyer, and he can help." All right. And the guy started like sticking a knife in the wound. Uh, you, you know, he asked me what happened, and I told him, and he said, "You know, she's probably cheating on you." And I said, "Okay, well, thanks, guy. We're getting a divorce, so I don't really need to find out if he's well." You know, and he kept like digging and digging. Did he keep rubbing his horns during the middle of the yeah. fucking conversation? And he kept digging, and I said, "Okay, thanks for that." And the, the guy left, and my lawyer turns to me. He goes, "You know what? Fuck him." And he goes, "I'll take care of it. I'll talk to somebody else." He goes, "Don't worry about it." He goes. That guy's just looking for a payday. He told me that it would cost $2,500, and it's not even a fight. Like, we'd already worked everything out. All basically I had to do was drop the paperwork. What? Yeah. So I think that's probably what Ryan the D-Bag was probably doing. Like, get could a prenup be, so they could, could go, be. you think so? Oh, I'm a lawyer, by the way. Yeah. Hey, Let me draw that up for you. I, I even uh, mentioned that. I'm like, dude, that's, that's my sister. She really doesn't need to be riled up. So why yeah. don't we just keep the opinions to yourself. I know you're just, you know, trying to help in your own weird way, but just... Just help yourself. By yeah, tipping. how about it? Oh yeah, his tips were amazing. Um, let's see, Doctor Luke. All right, this one was uh, it's kind of funny. I have a suspicion that my lady is talking to other guys. He doesn't say cheating. Okay, she always has her phone out. Should I check out her phone or should I not give in to my insecurity? So, what does always have their phone out mean? Uh, so I bet you what I'm grabbing from this is that he sees her texting or talking on the phone a lot and he feels that she might be talking to other guys. So she'll probably be like, go to the bathroom and lay her phone on the table. And he's probably sitting there watching TV and probably sees her. Oh, she's in the bathroom. Maybe I'm going to check her phone to see if she's got any messages from guys. So I think what he's asking is, is this a new activity? Did it change at some point? <laughs> no, apparently. Like, he, did she not touch her phone for a long time? And then all of a sudden she's got it glued to her. I don't know. Maybe she just left it there. And he's like, she basically saying, should I check her phone? Check her phone. It'll make you feel better or you'll dump a whore. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no trust left in this world, Luke. 
Things happen. You just said you don't trust her. You just, you just, you got to not give in to the insecurity and let it slide. I mean, if shit does happen, obviously, you know, I feel like a chump, but. If you're dating. Yeah. Is she your wife? She's your wife. She walked down the aisle. She's your wife. You don't have to check her phone, right? Yeah. I mean, unless it's like this drastic change where she's constantly got it with her. There was actually. Um, But check her phone. Fuck. There is actually. Don't tell her you did that. A case. I I don't know if it was brought in from the Supreme Court, but it might have been regarding. Uh, property of emails. I don't know if you saw this. It was essentially basically like if you got emailed to Luke, an email to Luke, mm. and Amy opens it up, mm. she's actually violating your mail, just like a federal crime. Like nobody can steal your mail. And so they were kind of basically going. What if I pay for the internet? What if she paid for the internet service that I got the email? On? I have no idea how the they actually ruled about mm. it, but I want to say it was decided that yeah, it's a violation if somebody opens your email even. Or looks in your text messages. It's the same as like if I go into your mailbox and rip open one of your bills or something like that. So it's actually not because I don't know because mm-hmm. uh, mail is delivered by a federal service and that's why it's a federal offense. I don't want to get feds involved with an email. So yeah. So unless your your email is you know the U.S. Postal Service is the FCC. Well, the FCC is not really federal, though, is it? So it's no, I think it's stupid. Yeah, they probably didn't go to the Supreme Court because I venture to guess they would be smarter than that. I'm going to look it up for next episode. Um, Doctor Luke started dating this guy, but he's definitely more of a friend than a boyfriend after all this time. But the thing is, and this is an actual story. This isn't something I found from the internet. So dating this guy, turns out she doesn't really like him so much. Likes him as a friend. Okay. Thing is, check his phone. He buys me all sorts of nice things. And I really like all the attention and gifts. Uh, I feel bad, but at the same time, not that bad. I like it all. Sure. What do I do, Doctor Luke? You break up with them and stop being a money grubber. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't think that uh, it's just a no, survival of the fittest, guess. huh? Well, let me turn it around. All right. If this email or if this 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 letter was from a guy who said, Doctor Luke, all right. I've been dating this girl. <laughs> Turns out I really don't like her all that much, but man, does she suck my cock good. What should I do? <laughs> You're turning it around. What do you respond, Dr. Luke? Yeah, I let her suck your <laughs> cock. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I mean, if it's turned around, you're using her. Yeah. So if she's using it, it doesn't matter what you're using the person for. If you're using them, uh, grow a fucking soul. And break up and don't hurt the person. I think nobody ever likes to hear that they're doing the wrong thing. Well, he's buying me all the presents and I'm not like sleeping with him or anything. So you're taking advantage of his nice guy disposition. And he needs to grow a pair and realize that he's not going to buy love. That guy never will. That guy needs help. He he needs a buddy to slap him across the face. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, that's all the Dr. Luca have with the exception of our Tinder update from Agent Mouse, which is fantastic, and I sent you yeah, <laughs> a yeah. photo of it, but our audience doesn't know, and I actually um, uh, got a Tinder update from our uh, other agent, our guy agent, who is uh, setting up women to have conversations with, and uh, I'll be reading his next week. Okay. But I want to I I read Agent Mouse's this week, because here's the scenario. Agent Mouse, to not give too much away, is under 21. I think that needs to be stated for the story because it makes a lot more sense. 
Okay. So you asked last week how you put up the pictures on Tinder. Can you put a dick pic up or anything like that? Did I? You, it was like two weeks ago or something. You was like, so how can you just put like a random nude shot in if you want? Tinder is actually tied to your Facebook account. Okay. So whatever your Facebook profile picture is, that's your picture on Tinder. Okay. So they basically go hand in hand with one another, and you could put up four more photos, but you can't really lie about your age or anything like that. So she's under 21. Unless you're lying about your age on Facebook. <laughs> Unless you're lying about yeah. So it's basically tied together. Um, so I was like, so can you set who to look for on Tinder? And she goes, well, yeah. I was like, can you set your uh, Tinder to only accept invitations and hookups from dudes over 40 years old? And she goes, sure. So she does it. And I was like, I'm just kind of doing a social experiment now because I want to see who is going to hit on the 19-year-old girl that's over 40. That's what I really wanted to see. In the course of six minutes, we had three people. Like so, these are guys within mm-hmm. a twenty mile radius that uh-huh. have their Tinder account out, mm-hmm. just waiting to strike. Some of the guys weren't interesting, but one stood out. <laughs> Good old Blake. Blake. <laughs> Blake is forty nine years old, and uh, Blake is actually still responding to her. <laughs> so I don't have uh, the majority of the rest of it, but I'll give you the initial conversation between Agent Mouse and Blake. And I was standing right there, so I had definitely uh, assisted in some of the the typing back and forth. This doesn't go too far. Um, All right. Blake starts off with the pleasantries. Hi, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Then Blake gets down to business. After, like, hello, hello. Next sentence from Blake. I have an open relationship with my GF. Girlfriend, I guess. Okay. Are you okay with a FWB relationship? She would totally be aware and supportive. Supportive. All I keep thinking is Blake, who is 49 on his profile, mm-hmm. has a apparent girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He wants a friends with benefits relationship. Hey, at least he's being honest. With a 19-year-old. It, well, Just we, gets right out and if says If you were 49 and single and had a girlfriend, that would you be Would like, it be on fucking Tinder? Well, okay, but I mean... I fuck man, that's like a midlife crisis fantasy. Oh well, he keeps going. All and right. Agent Mouse is a pretty girl, so I get it. Wow, I'm not familiar with anything like that. How does it work? That's what we wrote back. So, yes. ideally, this is from Blake. She would just like to watch. Sweet. So he's got the whole voyeur thing going. Nice. Uh, and so, of course, we write back. Watch what us going out. She wants to watch our relationship flourish. Nice response. That's funny. Uh, And he writes back, yes, she's a bit of a voyeur. She wants to watch us be intimate. So he uh, waited a day later because we didn't respond to that. Mm. And it was just like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) hey, how you doing? Um, That was the slimiest thing I've ever participated in for for some reason even you think even, that slimy that was that was is it, that more slimy here, that was than slimier than a strip club like, to me if if blake was like i have a girlfriend but i'm looking to do this behind her back that's more slimy than me <sighs> i man i it, mean it, this is what blake's into as far as i'm concerned blake is the best tinder person in the world <laughs> <laughs> blake if you want to be on the show <laughs> agent blake <laughs> 
I, I, all I can think of is that that Courtney Stoddard chick. We were bringing it up. She was that sixteen-year-old that got married to the yeah, dude yeah. from Lost. That's what the fuck do they have in common besides fucking... nothing? But she was also underage. Do you think age means anything to Blake? You think if Agent Mouse was a seventeen-year-old well, Blake... girl, he would give a fuck? Let me. That's let the me... thing. Yeah, I do. He just because going I think to leave there her are people, I think there are people that go, "Ooh, that's creepy." They're underage. You can't. You got to have levels of creepy. Just because he likes younger girls. All right. Um, you know, I know a guy that's fifty. All I'm saying is I don't think he gives a fuck between thirty to, years and thirty-two years. I know so. a guy who's fifty who is engaged to someone who is like six months older than his daughter, who is like in their early twenties. Uh, okay. Does that make him creepy? No. He just he met a girl. Wait, he how old is he? He's like fifty. And she's 20. 20. No, she's like 25, say. I don't know the All exact right, so age. She's getting in her later 20s. All right. Okay. So, I mean, that doesn't make him – it doesn't mean he's going to sleep with a 16-year-old because he likes a younger woman. I think you're, you're – because Because you don't like younger women, Fair. you're lumping it all together. Who doesn't like, you know, a pretty girl? It, that's not the point. I guess he, it feels almost like a um, – man, to me, it's like borderline Look, do fucking... I want Do I want Blake to come teach the young children? <laughs> that's no. what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I don't want Blake to. I don't think Blake is borderline to catch a predator. I don't, is what I was looking to say. I so. don't think it's borderline to catch a predator. I don't think Blake's ideals are something that I would want to pass on. as, this is great how you should think, but <laughs> it doesn't. I don't think that makes Blake the creepiest person on the planet. Doctor Luke defending Blake. All Not right. defending Blake. I'm just saying that there are <laughs> levels of creep. Fair enough, Doctor Luke. That's our Tinder update uh, this week. We'll have another one next week with our uh, with Agent our... Mouse. I'm going to need you to go on a date with Blake. <laughs> You don't have to have sex with them. Maybe do uh, some heavy petting heavy and petting. let the let the lady watch and tell me what you think. Now I'm kind of curious because we <laughs> see what Blake looks like, but I don't. We didn't get a good visual of his GF. Let me see what Blake looks like. Uh, well, unfortunately, from this particular picture, you're not going to get too good of a view. <sighs> Jonah story. I got something. Go right ahead, sir. It's not a huge Jonah story, but it's pretty funny. Awesome. <clears throat> uh, Rocky Horror Show open Friday night. Oh, I'm Jonah. Uh, <laughs> just a side note, it is a spectacular show. Probably be seen it next Sunday. Um, standing ovation opening night. I was not there last night, but there were people dancing, having a ball. Anybody the, dress up just out of curiosity? Yeah. All right, that's cool. The guy who played Frankenfurter had a line of people waiting to take pictures with him and talk to him and tell him how great he was. That's he awesome. was awesome. Awesome. Dude, like, I can't roll, stress how roll. good this guy is as this character. What's his name? His name is Drew. Drew? I don't even give it to follow him up on uh, Latitude 41. Yeah. yeah. Pictures are up. Um, so Latitude 41 on Facebook. I went out and saw our good friend Keith the oh, other day. Oh, <clears> nice. And we were talking, and I had, a, something, I had something specific to talk to him about, and then we just got – we chatted about all kinds of stuff. And he's yeah, like, you get him on the show. He's like, I'm going to get, you know, get out and see the show. And I said uh, – and I told him the guy playing Frankenfurter, I said, is really good. This is even before the show opened. I had seen rehearsals, and I said, the guy really nails it. Um, and Keith said, and he said, you know, Jonah dressed as Frankenfurter for musical uh, theater class. I remember okay. that. Holy and I go, shit. he goes, I think. And he sits there for a second. He goes, did he? And he goes, Keith Surveyus did, but you expect that. <laughs> okay. And he goes, and I'm going to get more hate mail. And, he goes, I'm not Jonah, and I go, Keith, you have to remember because I got to tell this story. 
And he goes, I, I can't remember what it was for, but I think Jonah did. So I went to Jonah and I asked him, <laughs> did you do this for musical theater class? And he said, no, I did it for makeup class. Ah. But he dressed as Frankenfurter, who people who aren't familiar totally with it. It's a transsexual. Yes. In, dark, in a goth 90. makeup. Yeah. Fishnet pantyhose. I yeah. Think the typical ensemble. So that's the story is just that Jonah dressed as Frankenfurter. Which means there's a picture out there that we could see and put as our profile picture for a while. We got to fucking find it. So if anybody out there knows Jonah and has this photograph of Jonah as Frankenfurter. Nick will pay you $1,000 for this photo. In internet money. <laughs> 1000 internet monies could be yours. So that's it. Quick Jonas, but Jonah was Frankenfurter. It, it's it's uh, the only thing I had from Jonah uh, this week. I don't know if you saw his recent Facebook post, but apparently a story that we told on this show about a year ago about Jonah falling off. Oh, his the, ankle. Yeah. It's come back. It's, to by, haunt it's, him. it's bothered him for a while. It, well, he apparently needs to get the bone Surgery. shaved yeah. and the chips removed, all yeah. for being an asshole 17 years ago. And he so. told me, he goes, you know, if you had only caught me. <laughs> and I said, you know, we can go back and forth blaming each other. I said, or we can blame Garza, who is who cannot defend himself because he's completely cut himself off. And the only way he would know we were talking about it is if we designed the lights and put it in Morris code when he was doing children's theater. <laughs> You know, the worst part about Garza is, or the best part is, like, even if we managed to track him down and he did the show with us, he would never hear it. Yeah. <laughs> he could say whatever he wanted during the show. Yeah. He wouldn't be have access to any kind of smartphone or anything. So I got nothing else, man. It's Father's Day, and I'm going to drink whiskey and smoke a cigar. Nice. What are you doing? I'm going you got to. got pets. That counts, right? Oh, yeah. Amy got me Father's Day card. Sweet. Um, and we're going to Amy's grandpa. And then we are supposed to go to uh, – we were going to go to the IPIC to see uh, Jurassic World, but it's all sold out. Want to see it so So we're kind of coordinating uh, seeing them with uh, Jeff Matson and, and Caitlin, his wife. Um, so we're kind of coordinating maybe going to another you know, movie. I think you're right, man. Sometimes you need that deep, meaningful, esoteric movie like Inside Out, and sometimes you want to see fucking dinosaurs eat some motherfuckers that are running away. That's sweet. So. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Go listen to all the shows on the Disease Network. Uh, Dosh Drunk, Something Gate, Um That Just Happened, The Vag Dialogues, and, of course, You're Gonna Get a Disease. The Mothership. That Mothership. We're an Imperial Destroyer. <laughs> For Luke, this is Nick. Go get a disease, everybody.